Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. This is the Midweek Special. Welcome, everybody. How are we doing out there, Caroline? Hello, everybody. What a big week we have. I mean, we've got so much happening this week for you, all you guys, so hang tight. <sighs> So much happening. We even have a musical guest later in the show, so uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> musical guest time. You got it. Music We're going to have some fun later on in the show with that, but Caroline, you were out house shopping this last week, weren't you? I'm always out house looking or house shopping. It's like a passion of mine to sort of see what's happening. Not that I don't see enough with you guys with my clients, because I do, but this is sort of when I choose to look at something. So lots going on in houses. So let's talk a little bit about, let's talk about solar a little bit, because this house, one house, two houses I saw in particular had solar. So what's your thought on solar? Because we've never talked about this. You know, we haven't. My thing is, is I don't like the leases. I think that you should probably buy it. I'm not a big fan of leasing anything with your house. I think you should just purchase it and go with it. Now, routers with a cable company is one thing, but anything else, I think, own it, buy it, control it, and then you can do what you want with it. And I think that's a personal choice, too. Like, when we're talking about cars, I've had some bad experiences with leases where I had something actually go wrong on my lease with a car, and then I was stuck holding the bag, and nobody wanted to buy that car back, even though it had been flooded from a an air conditioning leak that the car was only two years old. So I had a bad, I got bad mojo with leases and I could see where this can happen with a house as well. Yeah. And, and that, that can be a problem, especially here's what I worry about with solar is that when you've got a solar lease, that's the big thing that you've got to be really careful with that. I worry about the rules changing down the road and you're stuck. Well, so here's an example. So let's take it. You're going to buy a house and the house has got a lease. Let's say in this case, a 20 year lease, and you are getting the, the rec credits back. Those rec credits may not cover your entire lease. So it may cover 15 years. Now, if you're selling that house, that new buyer that's coming in is going to inherit that lease. That is part of this agreement that happens. So now as a new buyer, you're coming in, you're like, wow, I've got solar but now you're acquiring an additional expense that you're going to have to pay and may have to make up the back end that's not covered where the other homeowner's gone and done and they don't see that that deficit. What I also worry about is that you're basing on you selling electricity back to your local utility, right? What happens down the road if that utility goes, you know, 
it's too much effort to buy it back. We've put enough power plants in. We're good. We're just discontinuing that program. Hmm. I never thought, I, I know nothing about these solar leases, so I'm learning as we go too. Eric knows a little bit more. You see than what I mean? I, I mean, all it takes is a utility company to go, ah, forget it. It's too much work, too much hassle. We've got enough power as it is now because we just brought enough wind farms, other commercial solar on. We're not buying it back. And all of us that would have solar panels in theory would be like, oh, now we better store electricity because it's not paying for itself by us selling it back to the utility. And most of those systems that you lease, you don't have storage associated with it, right? It all depends on how much is going back to the grid. The other thing that I find interesting about solar is, and you brought this up, if you have a solar system and now you're leasing it and you get stuck, you're a new buyer, you buy the house, you inquire this lease, by the time you get done paying, you're going to have all this antiquated equipment that probably by 20 years out is going to not be viable anymore. So you now have paid on a system and got stuck with it for something that isn't going to work. And you're going to have to either have that equipment removed or bring in, you know, an entirely new system or have it renovated. Which, you know, with technology and any system in a house, that is typical though. You know, you think about it other than a lease, if you went and bought it, you're still going to be stuck in 20 years with a system that's outdated. I think right? the thing that I Whether have Whether you lease or with, not lease. But typically you get it, it's antiquated, but like this is where you're actively paying on something that may be already out could be totally bad yeah that's the bad part with the lease it'd be like getting a lease on a car for 10 years right exactly in 10 years you could have driven that thing right into the ground you're going oh my god i gotta get rid of this thing nope i got five more years left on this thing right and so i'm talking as an amateur and i would love to hear from our our audience because the around the house audience knows more than we do but i'd love to hear people's impressions of solar and experiences that you've had and now I also know that the idea of having solar is tremendous, tremendously beneficial to a, a, a large house. If you have a pool, you have really high electric demand. This makes total sense. But also being able to afford it where you're not leasing it also seems problematic too because these systems can cost $96,000 to $100,000 to put in. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no problem with solar, by the way. It's cool. It works. And if you can make it work at your house, that's great. I'm just not a fan of the leases personally, but you were looking at a house that had a lease on it and you were going to have to assume that lease. Correct. And so if you would have purchased that house, which you didn't, but if you were going to purchase that house, that lease was now your problem the rest of the time out. The interesting thing too is, so let's take it, let's look at the roof situation. This home's got a 22 mm-hmm. year roof with solar panels on on the roof and then also on the ground. So the way the system is designed, it has two places for solar. Well, you think, okay, well, I'm gonna, I have to one pay to take the the panels off, replace the roof and have them, you know, paid to put back on. But I also can't change it. So if I don't wanna have those solar panels on my roof, I can't just arbitrarily say, hey, well, let's put them on the ground now. That system was specifically designed for that allocation. So if you're gonna do that, Mm you can't, you'd have to go through the whole process yeah. again of getting a whole system redesigned. You'd have to do permits. You'd have to do zoning, all of that stuff to get this, this system up and running. And you can't afford to do that. By the way, if it's a 22 year roof, that's a cheap roof. That's not a 50 year roof. You know what I mean? So that's the other thing is that roof is not a 20, a 20 year roof is about as cheap as it gets on a roof. Well, what I'm so that's what, a low grade roof on top of that. I don't think it's a low grade. I think what happened was they had tremendous storms in the area, so I think it took a lot of weathering. 
because we talked about this, just because you get a 50 year, it all depends on what conditions you're putting that roof through. And this had based on the property around it had massive trees knocked down. I could see like during Hurricane Sandy and other um, hurricane uh, tornadoes and wind shear and whatever went through that property, they had substantial damage. So I'm assuming based on the fact that it also has solar panels bolted into it, it probably is compromised in some capacity. Yeah. So when you buy a roof, for instance, like you buy shingles, you'll buy a 50 year roof, you'll buy a 30 year roof, mm -hmm. you'll get a 20 year roof or a 25 year roof. Kind of your cheapest roof is the 20. And then you start going up from there. So if that was like a 22 year roof, they came out with a fairly low budget shingle on that to begin with. If it, I'm assuming it's, I know the age is 22. I don't know yeah. if it's expired. I'm assuming based oh, on- Oh, so the age of the yes, roof is 22, 22, not that, okay. Yes, yes, sorry. So sorry, that roof could be, if it's, yeah, it's okay. And now I get it. That, that's the thing. Well, if 22 years is towards the end of a lifespan on many roofs, as you were saying. So Exactly. Okay, that's I'm what I mean. following you. Okay. And then it's got puncture. Makes more sense. I call them puncture wounds from your solar that's been now permeated into that, you know, exterior envelope. I'm you not a big it was fan. Done, right? Yeah. I'm not a big fan yep. of putting these up on the roofs and everybody, you know, will argue with me, but that's your, that's your protection people. That's the safety net over your home. Do you really want to put holes in it? I don't know. Yeah. Not, not my fave, not my fave. All right. Well, I get that. So that's an interesting one because when you think about it, yeah, you could get stuck with somebody's old lease. So that could be even more of a selling issue. If you went on and said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sign on and and I'm going to do this, but I'm going to sell my house in five years. Maybe the new person doesn't want it. And now you might have an issue selling the house because you've got this weird lease, right? And it's an extra expense that you're going to have to calculate into all your payments. Now, granted, you're going to be getting some credits back towards it, which is good, but you have to look at the duration yep. of that lease. Like in this particular situation, you're going to be grading credits for up to 15 years, the five years after that to the 20, which is the lease, you have no credit. So you're going to have to pay that. Ooh. So you're paying on the back end, most mm -hmm. likely. Mm -hmm. And so that first homeowner, they really make out the best because they're utilizing the yeah. best part of that lease deal. You're getting the. Yep. You're getting the worst. <laughs> All right. Makes sense. So what are housing prices doing out there in New Jersey? What are they doing in the East Coast? They're doing the same thing. You know, they're going up, though interest rates are increasing and we're expected to see, according to what I heard over the weekend, quite substantial increases. So it is going to slow it a little bit here. Um, I mean, not much because you've got all these people coming out from the cities, from Philadelphia, from New York that want to settle out in more rural areas. They can get more for their money. You know, you've got the same thing going on there. So inventory mm -hmm. is low demand is high, it still may keep the prices there. But I think the interest rates are going to, are going to cause a, a, a little bit of a bubble dip, I would say. Yeah. It's interesting out here because we've got, you know, our metro area. So I'm, you know, 20, 25 minutes outside the city of Portland, but the city of Portland housing prices are actually going down there hmm, interesting. because people are wanting to get the hell out. Right. That, well, that's the same here. The cities have tremendous, I mean, you could pick up a really good deal in the city if you want to go into Philadelphia yeah. or New York. I mean, it's so bad here that the parents want out of Portland public schools so badly. I think last year, if I remember right, they had 13% of the kids leave the school district. So now they've got to have teacher cuts and all that stuff because they've got more teachers than they need. So now they're going to have big cuts to the school system because parents are like, 
I'm done. I'm out. Why do they want to leave? What's the reason? Uh, Portland's a hot mess. The schools are a mess. Um, They've got just multiple problems. I don't want to make this into a political show, but Portland and the schools have been mismanaged for decades. Mm. You know, they've had, I mean, great example. Um, I was walking out, I was talking to the, to the Benson high school kids here in Portland and they're in a, they're in a, they're actually finally rebuilding the schools, but they just have neglected schools and maintenance for like 30 years, not building new schools, not remodeling. And so they're in a temporary school that they're into. I'm walking down the hallways and all I see is asbestos tiles. I can look in the classroom, look up and go asbestos wrapped pipes on the steam radiators. I mean, it's just, you know, it's kind of, you walk down the school and go, wow, asbestos and lead paint everywhere. Now this is a high school. So it's not like kids are sucking on walls or anything, but, (laughs) but still, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be nice when they're done with the new school, but they're, they're doing like a three-year renovation on that technical school, which needs to happen. But man, I tell you what, it's one of those things that they've just mismanaged that. And of course, you know, as well as the, uh, is everything else, the city, you know, we've got a, a huge crime problem. We've got all of that stuff. I mean, your chance of, you know, having a catalytic converters taken out of your driveway is high, you know, anywhere in the city. Uh, in the city of Portland. So they've just, you know, not enough cops, too many criminals and homeless everywhere. So people are like, Hey, I want to go to, I want to move my family to a safer place. Mm. So they're moving into my community. Our rates here, our property values have gone up about 20% a year right now. Mm. So it's huge. Good for you. Good for me. (laughs) But like everywhere else, I want to stay where I'm living. So it's not like I can sell my house and go buy. I can't go buy a house for what I couldn't get approved for a loan probably right now of what I could sell. You could sell your house for and then have to replace it with that's with almost everybody here. So you're not seeing too many people that live in the city because that value, I mean, your value is going up, but you could never move out and get to another house and still afford it. And not to go on a soapbox about schools, but I work a lot with, clients who are school teachers or work in school systems. Mm -hmm. And they often end up coming to me for environmental investigations of their homes because they're sick and they don't feel well. And people tend to think it's my home, right? Something's going on in my home. Mm -hmm. And nine out of 10 times when I have clients who are school employees, it tends to be the school that's causing the issue. Whether it's the dander counts, the mold, these schools really are so poorly managed from an environmental standpoint. And it's very scary because we've got our kids in these environments, expecting them to be safe on so many different aspects. And schools really just don't put the focus on indoor air quality like they should. And they have some conditioned space, some unconditioned space. You know, sometimes you have air conditioning right in the library, but you don't have it in the gymnasium or you don't have it in the classrooms. So it's such a big problem. And this is across the board that schools are really just not safe for kids. Well, it's amazing. Uh, where I grew up in Eastern Washington, the Tri Cities, you know, Kennewick School District over there did a pretty good job compared to the cities I've lived since then. Hmm. But every ten or twelve years, they were remodeling schools, changing wow. out HVAC systems, upgrading it. They were on top of that. Like the middle school that I went to, and and that you know, as a kid, it was almost new. Hmm. When I'm, it's gone. They've already torn it down. They've already put another school. Next to it. They've That's already so destroyed unique. it, moved it along. 
That's so unique. So they managed it really well. So I had a really hard time when I moved to the Seattle area and down to Portland going, I mean, I remember sitting here, and even in my area, they're finally fixing it. But I remember sitting there at a, um, with my daughter, I remember sitting here in the middle, it was in the middle school, which has now been torn down and replaced. I'm in the gymnasium for a play. And I can see through the sidewall of the gymnasium, which is concrete block, I could see daylight because it was the middle of the day and they had the lights down. I could see daylight through the wall. <laughs> and that's where the kids were. So, you know, you, you completely agree. There's a lot of school districts out there that have really done a, a, a poor job of maintaining or replacing what needed to, to happen to those buildings. And they're many times much more worse than our homes. And like, I mean, my high school that I went to was a regional high school that was, it's ginormous in size. I mean, massive amounts of kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's still the same old building, hasn't been torn down, had an asbestos problem years ago, had lead, had Legionella, you know, it looks like mm -hmm. a factory. So it, it really is. And, and in New Jersey, they don't tear down schools. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So. Yeah, that's crazy. Hmm. That's crazy. You know what's crazy? I've been watching the, the Johnny Depp defamation case. Oh, me too. We're both hooked. We're saying this on air, but listen, Eric and I talk about this almost every day. We are like hooked. I, I, to me, it's just like better than Hulu. You know, I, I look at it from an interesting perspective because as, as we've kind of hinted around before, I was a victim of domestic violence against me years ago. And I watched this case and it very much reminds me of my former spouse and it really, I see her talk and I'm just like, <sighs> it's that same attitude. So it's very personal to me. This whole thing is, which is, which makes it interesting to me. And it's also like, I think when you've been through something before and you, you see that again, you, you, you so quickly pick up on what it is, right? So someone like me, I was watching it and Eric and I have debating points and, you know, not to go into it and give everybody my opinion, but I think both of these two people have serious mental illness and I think they both need to be addressed and this shouldn't be aired on television and taxpayers shouldn't be paying for this. But since we're exposed to it, you know, I have my opinions and so does Eric, but I can see where that can happen. If you've been in a situation like this and you, you can recognize it. Real fast. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's it's one of those things that I watch it and I'm just like, oh, I could see it really early on just in her comments. It was it was absolutely stunning. It just was like, wow. And there are some traits, you know, and and I've been outspoken about this in the past. You know, a, a book was written about my ex that uh, a friend of mine wrote about. And, you know, domestic violence against men is something that I really that's the that's the thing that I see that comes out of this, which to me is very, again, very personal. But I like to see this coming out because it's bringing such awareness to this discussion mm. where it was something that hasn't really been discussed in the media. Not at all. Up until now. And and people often think that, you know, a man's bigger, he's stronger. He can't be abused by a woman. And that's just not true. And just, I like to give people a little place where they can go. So if someone is having this experience, I mean, what do you recommend where do they go to get help? You know, there's, you can jump online. There is, there are some really great, you know, domestic violence assistance centers that you can call. There's probably one in your local area. There's a, uh, I'll put it down in the show notes, all the, all the information of places that you can contact for help because it's out there. And this is for men and women, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's for anybody. And children. But, 
you know, children. there's, yeah, children. Um, children's a little bit different because with that, you kind of need to get either the police or the, um, you know, child support services or whatever they call it in your area involved if you're a child. But for, for adults, yeah. Um, the, the interesting thing is from a guy's perspective that it's interesting because it's not like two guys in a bar fight. You have to be very careful if you have a female being physical against you. You have to be 100% defensive 100% of the time. Mm. And even pushing someone off of you can be can interpreted in the wrong way. That's right. right. That when the police show up and they've got a mark on their chest and that's from you literally lifting them off of you, you could get arrested for domestic violence. And now you're in a he said, she said type of thing. So it's very interesting with domestic violence laws out there. Usually when the police show up, the person with the most injuries on them that are defensive are the ones that, you know, are, are going downtown, whether or not that's the guy or the girl. So if the guy, if, if, if a girl comes up and has a mark on her arm or her, chest that was from somebody pushing them away trying to get away and the guy doesn't have any marks guess what dude you're going to downtown for domestic violence that's just how the laws work yeah so it's something that and it's not the police's fault this is just the, the way, way the is. laws work and it's something you've got to be careful with and so guys are in a, in a in a in a disadvantage in a domestic violence situation against them because it's hard to defend yourself against someone that one mark is going to get you downtown. Hence, it comes back to my rule. Without being motherly, we don't put our hands on anybody. Walk away. Yeah, Everybody walk easy, away. Right? It's so hard. We all have been in situations where you love somebody so much and it is so hard to walk away, but you just got to. Mm-hmm. Muster the courage. Molly Cruz did a song about that. <laughs> Speaking of songs. Don't go away mad. Just, just go, go away. away. But speaking of songs, let's go to a lighter moment because we've got something yes. so amazing for you guys. And we're talking about heavy stuff like money and taxes and house purchasing, and mortgages <laughs> and domestic violence. Woo! Now let's go over and lighten things up with Rudy Wade. Let's talk about who Rudy is. Rudy is a pop sensation. He is up and coming in the charts. Um, he, I would say he's pop, but he puts all kinds of musical interest into his genre, right? So, I mean, what would you consider him? I mean, I consider him pop, kind of Bieberish. He's, just- yeah, he's pop, but he's kind of all over. He's got a lot of different flavors in pop, though. It's not just like it's just, you know, one pop thing. He's got a lot of different influences, which to me is very interesting. And you know, Eric and I love music, and the reason it's here is when you're doing good DIY, when you're doing projects around the house, guess what our number one go-to is? Music. Gotta listen to music while you're home and proven. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is music you can DIY to. Yeah, well, friend and uh, a friend of someone I know very well. And uh, we're happy to introduce pop sensation. Rudy Wade is with us. Hey, Rudy. What's hey, happening? guys. How are we all doing today? <laughs> awesome. Good, awesome. Good. Well, thanks for coming on, man. So how did you, I got a question because I got a musical background. How did you get started in all this? Um, honestly, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I never really, I mean, I always knew that I wanted to do something music related, 
but I never really knew knew where to go with it. And then there were some kids in my high school that were uh, making like beats on their laptop. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Let me let me take part in that. So I started hanging out with them. Uh, they were making music and I met somebody who sold me a cheap, like $150 mic. And I just started recording music in my basement and it turned Sweet. into a whole career. So, man, oh. see, that is the, that a, one of the great things with music these days, you know, 15 years ago, you couldn't do that and pull it off because there was nobody out there. And, and when I was living in Seattle, we had a kid that did that. Now he's known as Macklemore. But I used to see him playing, and he was kind of creating his own music, didn't have a label, and now look at him. He's out there, and he was out there crushing it. And you can do that same thing out of your own basement. Exactly. Uh, I'm not in the basement anymore, thank God. But exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get started there. I Sorry, tried to convince... I got to try to convince Eric. So Eric, um, he was in Seattle rock bands. He was in that old era. So he's a bass player. So I'm more into my pop. Listen, I'm a big Bieber fan. I'll tell you right off the bat that Justin Bieber is like my <laughs> love. Okay. And um, so I'm on more of an electronic. I've always been into hip hop. I've always been into club music. So I'm trying to bring Eric short of to our genre. And so how would you describe your music? Right. Because it's this combination of like a lot of different sounds. It's not just, you know, hip hop or pop or so. Give him an insight into that if you can. Yeah, I actually try to keep my music very, very versatile. And like I try to do a wide variety of different genres. I don't really like to just stick to one like pop or hip hop or rock. I like to do it all. So if there's any kind of genre out there, I'm definitely trying it. And I'm definitely trying to make my own thing. Because, you know, if you try to be somebody else, you're not really going to go too far. You got to be yourself and branch out to all the different genres. So. I really don't like to keep myself in that kind of genre box. I like to Good. do everything. Killer answer. And that's, but you know, that's one of the wonderful things with music these days is, you know, it used to be, and I'm going to sound like a, the, all right, boomer enough for your stuff, yeah. but it's, it, it used to be, it was the, the pop guys, the pop guys and the country guys, the country guys. And now it's really morphing together where you're seeing artists like yourself touching on a bunch of different stuff that can be music for everybody. Yeah, that's the that's really the beauty in it. Like, uh, you don't really want to just appeal to one audience. You want to appeal to everybody because what's the fun in only having one group of people who can enjoy you instead of having everybody who can enjoy you? And hey, nice. this is why you're on our show, right? So we're a home improvement show and we talk predominantly across the country. Eric and I are both home improvement experts. And so we talk about how to build things up, how to tear things down, how to do your home right. And so we like to branch out and show people music and artistry and celebrities and to get other people to be interested in home improvement. So it's the same thing. So my question to you is, have you ever done a home improvement project? And if you have, like, do you like to build things? Do you like to build sets? Are you into anything building wise? I have not, but my roommate is actually really into that stuff. He actually built a podcast set and a photo studio down in our basement. And nice. it's, 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 it's awesome. I love, I love to see this, the things that he makes. It is amazing. That's cool. That's cool. It's also nice to have that where you can go down and if you need to cut something or record something, 
you know, uh, is it a space you use for writing and stuff, or is it just something that he uses for his own podcast stuff? Uh, it's just, he's, he hasn't started a podcast yet, but he, uh, he built the set and he's got all the gear. He's going to start with it pretty soon. But, uh, we also got a studio. We got a photo studio. He's very hands-on with the, with the home improvement. Nice. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That's our kind of guy right there. That's awesome. So, Rudy, what are some of the things that have been the most shocking getting this far in the music industry? What are some of the things that blow your mind about how things have gone so far? Um, I the, the most shocking thing is how possible this really all is. So, like, if you are an artist back home and you have any doubt, you really shouldn't because it's it's really so possible. It's all about just believing in yourself. And that's, at the end of the day, the hardest thing. And if you can conquer that, you can really do anything you set your mind to. Nice. Aww. So do you think, are you, what are your goals now? Or do you want to have that big record label thing? Or do you want to have complete control all the way through the process? I actually just signed to uh, an independent record label called Doing the Most Entertainment about three months ago. Nice. So I'm on that path right now. But there are Perfect. plenty of different paths for everybody to go. That's just the path that I decided was right for me. So what are your, who are your musical influences? Who do you like or who do you listen to on a daily basis or what is, you know, in your Spotify? Growing up, it was a lot of like kind of alternative rock and kind of pop like Imagine Dragons, The Neighborhood. But more recently, it's been more hip hop. So like Little Uzi Vert, Drake, etc. The list goes on. Nice. Eric, do you know who those are? I'm just kidding. I do. <laughs> I do. Well, I will say, I, you know, I'm old school on that stuff. So, like, I designed (laughs) Sir Mix-a-Lot's bathroom with my team as on a home improvement project. So, I'm old school like that. But uh, I know exactly who those guys are. That's awesome. So, what song? I know we're going to play a song today, and we're going to air it. So, what song did you pick? Is it Move On? Because that's my favorite. It's it is actually (laughs) Moving On. That is the song that I picked for today. It's almost like you set that up, Caroline. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> All right. Well, let's go out to moving on. A story goes and you don't know. Yeah. I hit your life. You got me thinking about the day we move along. You have me singing in your head like your favorite song. Times have changed. Now we both are moving on. I keep a steady pace so I don't lose it all You got me thinking about the day we move along You have me singing in your head like your favorite song Times have changed, now we both are moving on I keep a steady pace so I don't lose it all Yeah, I'm sleeping alone and now my feelings going high low You blew up my world and now I'm stuck in the collateral I'm out of control and my life dropping like some dominoes But baby, you are crazy, that's why we ain't Cause it's where I belong And I know that you miss me But I'm moving along Because now that I'm up You can't get enough This love always lost You tell me You got me thinking about the day We move along You have me singing in your head Like your favorite song Times have changed Now we both are moving on I keep a steady pace So I don't lose it all You got me thinking about the day We move along You have me singing in your head Like your favorite Times have changed, now we both are moving on I keep a steady pace so I don't lose it all 
backwards So I got over it In the shadows In my room in the dark Looking at you Yeah Looking at you But it's not you You got me thinking about the day We move along You had me singing in your head Like your favorite song Times have changed Now we both are moving on I keep a steady pace So I don't lose it all You got me thinking about the day Your favorite song Times have changed Now we both are moving on I keep a steady pace So I don't lose it all Yeah Rudy, that's a killer song, man. I love that track. Thank you. That is good stuff right there. So how's best for people to track you down? If, for all the people out there listening to the show, they're like, all right, this is cool. I need more. Where do they go find more? You can find more on any digital streaming platform like Spotify, Apple Music. You can also find it on YouTube, SoundCloud. Basically everywhere you're trying to look, I'm there. So that's awesome nice do you have a website and stuff for people to track you down uh i do not have a website but i do have a merchandise uh store and it's called rudywade.shop perfect so you got any tours coming up any shows what else do you got going on out there i actually just wrapped up my first ever show about last week and it went phenomenal i'm planning to do another one in mid to late august and possibly a tour next year uh, if that's something that my management wants me to do. But I really want to do it because I really like the live music scene. I really lo- I really enjoy it. And and for all you fans, I mean, he's just high energy. He's got great music content. A lot of his, I love, so do you write all your own lyrics because your lyrics are good? And then who is your inspiration? Like, how are you getting inspiration for all your stuff that you're doing? So for my lyrics, a lot of times I will write it by myself, but for the other cases that I don't, I actually get on FaceTime with one of my my old friends, um, Jay Lesage, and we write a lot of music together. He A lot of songs that i mostly written, I have trouble finishing by myself, and then I just get on the phone with him and he helps me finish it. Um, but I really just try to keep it as relatable as possible, as real to me as possible, as true as possible because why would anybody want to listen if it wasn't so i'm gonna ask you because moving on is one of my favorite songs and it's what we just heard are you gonna tell me who it was about or what it was about (laughs) i I don't think it was about anybody in specific but (laughs) good answer good answer the song is (laughs) the song is about uh just like moving on from previous love that was there may not be anymore but both at the same time both you and your partner are moving on and that's how life goes sometimes but figured i'd write a song about it because a lot of people can relate we can all relate we can all relate so can my (laughs) (laughs) ex-wives no not we're not bringing them up again again <laughs> oh yeah, it's been a it's been a discussion. It's been a discussion. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> My attorneys say not to bring it up anymore, so I won't. <laughs> Restraining orders here and there. <laughs> oh God, no. 
Only a few. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you Rudy, guys. thanks for coming on the show oh, today, Rudy, man. Thanks and, for uh, joining us. You're amazing. And we're looking so forward to following your career. Up and coming star, Rudy Wade. Thank you guys Thanks so, so much, much for having me. Hey, I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around, Around the, the House. Somewhere unseen and undiscovered. is a love song let's be lovers we're all over the radio take my hand i know where to go all over the radio with you hey it's eric g from around the house are you planning a decking or siding project this year if you are you've got to check out my friends at millboard millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.